Hello, Libby. I have just made a startling discovery. Okay, just kidding. I actually just did look something up for the first time in forever, but... You know, I'm always being like, what does this mean? I should just look it up. Why am I not looking it up? How about that? What if I just take a moment to look it up? Is that annoying? I don't care. Actually, maybe I don't care because I want to know what it means. I know I've gotten this far and never done it. And <laughs> also, like, just how I say words. I have no idea how to say words. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, blimey. Blimey. I think that's how it's supposed to be. Not blimey. I, I, I didn't know that what it means. I like, I don't, I didn't never like, I don't know what it means. You know what I mean? I didn't know what it's trying to say. So I just looked it up is all I'm trying to say. And it's okay. According to the Google, I, 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 I Googled blimey etymology and I spelled it right, but it looks totally wrong. I don't know. I retyped it like a couple times before I just hit enter and I think it's correct. But anyway, blimey. Origin. Late 19th century, altered form of God blind or blame me. Um, interesting. I don't know why. I don't know why that's just not how it feels to me. I don't know. It's, uh, for some reason, I thought it meant maybe like, believe me. But I didn't realize it was like, I see, so you know what I mean? I'm dumb. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm not dumb. Maybe I'm just making things up in my brain. That's, I think what I'm doing anyway okay <laughs> so I thought I'd tell you that because I I'm gonna try to do better but I just I feel like I just can't I don't know I don't know some habits die hard you know when you first read something and you interpret it in your brain to sound like a thing it's really hard to break the habit but uh yeah okay so wazoop lib wazoop it's uh the seventh of April 2020. Oh, shit. I gotta do my taxes for show. I gotta do that soon. Like, yo, I haven't done that. I'm always responsible and like, ooh, doing it. But I have all the papers in a stack. And I'm just like, meh. Whatever. I'll do it later. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll do it today. Who knows? Meep, meep, meep. <laughs> um, anyway, so what's happened? What's happened? Nothing new. I don't know. Nothing really new. Work is work. I was getting worked up today. But, uh, I don't know. Blah. Um, so I guess I'll tell you about it from start to finish. Isn't that what you want? <laughs> so actually, I had a good, I went to the, uh, 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 the OBGYN office for to talk about getting an IUD. And I learned a lot about what's going to happen when I get the IUD. And I'm very excited to do this. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my mouth is dry already. Wow. Um, yeah. So, that was cool. Uh, she actually scared me, kind of, but also reinforced things. <laughs> she was like, oh, are you getting this because of your high blood pressure? And I was like, no, actually, I just wanted it for convenience. But... Just basically so I one and done, you know, not think about it. Um, I had no idea that my blood pressure should be concerning me with this. But yes, I'm also concerned that my acne is going to come back and I don't want that. So we'll see what happens. But 
I'm looking forward to that. So that was that was like the highlight of my day, and I have them right away. And then everything went went down. Everything went downhill from there. Once I got to work, <laughs> because I'm just like stressing myself out. I think I'm just doing it to my. I think I've figured it all out. It's all about me and what I need to set boundaries. I need to say no. I need to just set the bound, and I. Or I need to just like make a list because I was getting very frustrated today because I just kept finding things that were wrong. And I'm just like, hmm, oh yeah, like who should have caught this? Maybe me at one point, but also maybe a hundred other people that were involved. And so I was like trying to fix everything. I was like trying to fix the world, but it's like, I need to just make a list of the things and then have someone fix it. But I'm like, this is annoying. I'm annoyed by this. Because I feel like I'm the only one who notices anything and it's irritating. <laughs> because it feels like everyone else is just like kind of doing a half-assed job and expecting someone else to catch things. And it's like we all have a, to do our due diligence here, people. Anyway, but I know we all miss things, but it feels like it's just too much. It's just too much. And then, I don't know. Okay, so, so what happened at work actually? I don't know. I was just struggling today. I was getting worked up and we had a number of meetings and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, mm, whatever. I guess I'll just keep doing <laughs> what I'm doing. But, um, I, we were all, we actually all were wondering what is Scott working on? It's very curious. I don't know. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Uh, and I was also getting annoyed because I was given some instructions that seemed, in my opinion, very illogical. And in other people's opinions, very illogical. And I'm just like, I get what you're saying, but no. <laughs> and I'm just like annoyed. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know how to sum it up. But uh, Aaron was there in the office. Zach was there. Kaylin was there. Clavin was there. We were all there. Actually, Cody was there, but he was not in the room with us ever. But also, it's probably safe for him because he was annoying me today. <laughs> Maybe he heard me talking shit. I was like, just annoyed. <laughs> I don't care. I'm like, annoyed. <laughs> with the conversation, but whatever. I need to, like, I, what? Like, I was reading that personality thing got in my head, I think. I don't know. But... I also feel like sometimes I'm trying to save the world and it's like, um, maybe I should just make a to-do list and the rest of people can chip away at the to-do list with me instead of just trying to save the world. So <laughs> I think that's the solution I've just come to. Thank you for listening while I worked that out. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Today, 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 I went to lunch with Kaylin and Zach at Subway. It was great. Ooh, actually, I have my my. I bought. I purchased a footlong meal. I ate six inches of the sandwich, presumably, give or take, you know. Um, and so I have the rest of it to consume for my first dinner. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna do that. But uh, yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't know what else is new. I don't know what else is new. You know, nothing else is new. Aaron's annoying to me. He does things and I'm just like, okay, whatever. 
like he says aggressive he makes very aggressive comments that disagree and then he walks away and I'm just like mm-hmm sure okay whatever I'm not gonna argue with you you're you know what I mean I know I don't know it's just like I know I'm not gonna what's the point I'm wasting my breath but <laughs> whatever 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 I'm coping so and I try to bring things up and I'm like trying to figure out how to bring things up as like respectfully as possible because I don't want to be like you're not doing your job but I'm just like you're not you're doing your job but you're not in you're, you're not doing it great you're not doing a great job of your job and it's wearing on me <laughs> It's frustrating for me. I, it's frustrating for me also for decisions to be remade and remade. And I don't know. I, 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 maybe I lack communication skills that I would thought that I had, but it's just like difficult sometimes. Anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> Classically, Jared has school. And the cat, ooh, actually I've been chatting for a little bit now. And the cat is Oda's food, but since he's not here actively demanding it, I'm going to go give it to him. But the thing is, is when he actively demands it before the time, I'm just like, I don't want to give it to you right now because I don't want you to think that you annoying me earned you the right to get it whenever you want. Or whenever you annoy me, you know what I mean? I'm trying to reinforce these habits. Ugh. That's my cat parenting tip, but BRB. <laughs> okay, so the cat has been medicated and fed. And so he is inevitably going to come in here. I don't know, maybe not. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I am, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, t I kind of, I don't really want to talk about work because I feel like I need to leave work at work. <laughs> I know sometimes my brain doesn't allow me to, but I also did yell at Jared just showed up and I'm just like yelling at him about my day. <laughs> I feel terrible. Uh, and then he just go off to school. I'm just like, oh, geez. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I told him too that I didn't really mean to unload all of that, but it just happened. Today was an today was a duker. Oh, I forgot about this. This was another duker of my day. <laughs> And do not feel guilty for this at all, Libby, because it is not your fault. It's my stupid fault. <laughs> okay, so I ordered those dresses to try on. And then they were like, oh, you got to postmark it within seven days when you send it back. Because otherwise you are buying the dress. And I'm like, yes, I understand this. Okay, I agree to the thing. So today... So the other day, I, so the other day, I go to the post office and I have two packages and I just set them down and walk away, because they are both pre 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 post pre stamped pre uh, what's the word what's the word labeled okay with a shipping label, so I do that and then I don't think about it, and then I get an email today, and I'm pretty sure it happened on St. Patrick's Day. I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember. Um. But today I get an email. I, 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 I'm unloading about work. Kaylin, see, here's the thing. Kaylin and I are totally on the same page. We're like, this is stupid. I disagree. Also, ethnicity. Okay, ethnicity. I want to say this. There's a checkbox, ethnicity. You can't just have a checkbox that says ethnicity. It doesn't make sense. 
if you are asking if your ethnicity is Hispanic or Latino, sure enough, write that down. You know what I mean? Put that next to it. Is this your ethnicity? Then you can check the box. You cannot just check a box to say, are you ethnicity? Yes, I am ethnicity. Everyone has, right? I don't know. Am I dumb? Or is ethnicity not like your cultural heritage? Kind of. Like race is like your biological heritage. Basically, like, you're, you know what I mean? But also cultural heritage is different. That's like ethnicity, right? I don't know. Maybe these are different things. I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, so this is a thing we argued about. Whatever. There's the stupidest things. Everything today was just stupid. Everything was annoying. <laughs> um, okay. Whatever. I, I try not to talk about it, but. Uh, so all I wanted to do was take a break. Okay. That's all I wanted to do was sit down and read my book. But I get an email from the dress place. And they says to me, <laughs> you were supposed to send this dress back. And I says to them, they're like, you can respond with where you, like, did you send the package? And I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, where'd you drop it off? And etc. And so I write that out and I email them. I tell them everything. Even a frown face, I type. <laughs> Not an emoji, an actual frown face with characters. Okay. Colon parentheses. And left paren. Um, <laughs> then I realize, in fact, this package was supposed to be FedEx. What have I done? What have I done? Then I try to call the postal service. Do you know where they send me? I should have just went to them and asked them, but I, I wanted to call someone, but but no, I have a 1-800 number that takes me to the number. It's apparently the only number for the entire United States Postal Service. I do not know. And I'm like, okay, fine. And their menu is like so many options, but none of them are what I'm looking for. So I have no idea where my package is. And maybe tomorrow I should go there and be like, bro, I made a mistake. I'm really sorry. Do you know where this is? And I'm hoping they don't say, well, that was supposed to be FedEx, so we threw it in the trash. But that might be what they say. I don't know. I'm scared. So yeah, that happened. That added to my stress today. <laughs> it was like, I can't take it right now. All I want to do is sit down and read about Geralt killing monsters. Okay, that's all I want. I'm reading The Witcher. I don't know if I told you that. I'm reading The Witcher books. But I'm still like, it's like the short stories. But anyway, um, I'm reading that. And I'm just like, I want to read this. <laughs> but no, I'd be stressed out during my break and then go to a meeting and then be stressed out about that. Where someone else can demonstrate the work that I put in and everyone can be like, good job to you. To him who presented the work that I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the work that I worked with my team to do. But No. No, whatever, whatever. That was my day. <laughs> okay, now I'm done ranting and raving about my day. I'm going to take a swig of water because my mouth is all dry. And I'm going to read to you chapter 32 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. This chapter, <laughs> 32 of 36 chapters is called The Elder Wand. And as you might guess, the chapter art is very freaking dark. 
and it is like a zoom in of presumably Voldemort's fingies <laughs> holding the wand. Maybe it's not Voldemort. Are these two different? I can't tell. And there's two hands. It looks like, it looks like, okay, do you remember Marching Man, Libby? Of course you do. But did you, you wouldn't know what my formation was like because you were, of course, with the cool kids and I was not. I was up in the front. It was terrible. Anyway, marching formation for flute is like with the flute going vertically in front of you with your hands, like your right hand on the bottom and your left hand on the top. You're holding it. And this is kind of <laughs> what I can assume Voldemort is doing with a wand kind of. But he's like got these creepy spindly fingers. And it's creepy. And the wand is super long. And it looks, it's just looks like, um, looks like a little dowel. It looks plenty boring. You know, it doesn't look exciting or anything. There's not any shape to it. But other than that, it's pretty much darkness. So you can see the hands. Hello. You can see the hands with the like sleeve and um, the darkness. Do you want to come up here? Goody? Do you? Come on. Yes, he jumped up. Very good boy. Okay. Oh, this is awkward. Okay. So, yeah. That's the chapter for the Elder Wand. Now that the cat has joined the party to interrupt inevitably. Should you mind? You need to lay down. <laughs> okay. That was, uh, I touched him. He startled him. I startled him. Okay. Here we go. The world had ended. So why had the battle not ceased? The castle fallen silent in horror, and every combatant laid down their arms. Harry's mind was in freefall, spinning out of control, unable to grasp the impossibility. Because Fred Weasley could not be dead, the evidence of all his senses must be lying. And then a body fell past the hole blown in the side of the school, and curses flew in at them from the darkness, hitting the wall behind their heads. Get down, Harry shouted, as more curses flew through the night. He and Ron had both grabbed Hermione and pulled her to the floor, but Percy lay across Fred's body, shielding it from further harm. And when Harry shouted, Percy, come on, we've got to move, he shook his head. Percy, Harry saw tear tracks, streaking the grime coating Ron's face as he seized his elder brother's shoulders and pulled, but Percy would not budge. Percy, you can't do anything for him. We're going to... Hermione screamed, and Harry, turning, did not need to ask why. A monstrous spider the size of a small car was trying to climb through the huge hole in the wall. One of Aragog's descendants had joined the fight. Ron and Hermione... I'm sorry, why do I say... I do not know why I do it. I see an H and I just say whatever I feel like saying. Okay. I do it all the time and I'm so sorry, Libby. And everyone else who's listening. Or maybe I'm sorry to Libby and Libby only. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Ron and Harry shouted together. Their spells collided and the monster was blown backward, its legs jerking horribly, and vanished into the darkness. It brought friends, Harry called to the others. 
glancing over the edge of the castle through the hole in the wall. The curses had blast the hole in the wall the curses had blasted. More giant spiders were climbing the side of the building, liberated from the forbidden forest into which the Death Eaters must have penetrated. Harry fired stunning spells down upon them, knocking the lead monster into his into its fellows, so that they rolled back down the building and out of sight. Then more curses came soaring over Harry's head, so close he felt the force of them blow his hair. Let's move now! Pushing Hermione ahead of him with Ron, Harry stooped to seize Fred's body under the armpits. Percy, realizing what Harry was trying to do, stopped clinging to the body and helped, together, crouching low to avoid the curses flying at them from the grounds. They hauled Fred out of the way. Here, said Harry, and they placed him in a niche. In a niche. I never know how to say this stupid word. In a niche, where a suit of armor had stood earlier. He could not bear to look at Fred a second longer than he had to. And after making sure that the body was well hidden, he took off after Ron and Hermione. Malfoy and Goyle had vanished. But at the end of the corridor, which was now full of dust and falling masonry, glass long gone from the windows, he saw many people running backward and forward. Whether, ooh, my tummy be grumbly. I don't know if you can hear that or not, but I can feel it. (laughs) Okay, well, the cat has laid down and his back is like low-key perfectly along the book. Like he's laying on the book, but not like on the words. If you know what I mean, it's like very close. He's very in the margin, but he's there. But he not touches his words. Okay, you don't need to know that, but I'm trying to set the scene. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, he's gonna, okay, he's not again. Okay, sorry. Where, where was I, where was I? <laughs> blah, 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 glass long gone from the windows. He saw many people running backward and forward. Whether friends or foes, he could not tell. Rounding the corner, Percy let out a bull-like roar. Rockwood! And he sprinted, goodbye, school tea. And sprinted off in the direction of a tall man who was pursuing a couple of students. Harry, in here! Hermione screamed. She had pulled Ron behind a tapestry. They seemed to be wrestling together, and for one mad second, Harry thought that they were embracing again. Then he saw that Hermione was trying to restrain Ron, to stop him running after Percy. Listen to me! Listen! Ron! I want to help! I want to kill Death Eaters! His face was contorted, smeared with dust and smoke, and he was shaking with rage and grief. Ron! We're the only ones who can end it. Please, Ron, we need the snake. We've got to kill the snake, said Hermione. But Harry knew how Ron felt. Pursuing another Horcrux could not bring the satisfaction of revenge. He too wanted to fight, to punish them, the people who had killed Fred. And he wanted to find the other Weasleys and above all make sure, make quite sure, that Ginny was not. But he could not permit the idea to form in his mind. We will fight! Hermione said, we'll have to, to reach the snake, but let's not lose sight now of what we're supposed to be doing. We're the only ones who can end it. She was crying too, and she's, I want to cry too. She was crying too, and she wiped her face on her torn and singed sleeve as she spoke. Spoke. Did I do it? Am I doing it? Here's the thing, Libby. I know that I've known you for a million bajillion years. And I know that my voice has evolved with time. 
as you pick as I why would I say you because I don't know if you are like me but I pick things up okay I don't know why I'm doing it I'm sorry anyway I wonder what my accent and I know that I whatever I I weave in and out of things I don't know why I say things the way I say them but I just wonder do I sound like an ordinary American or a weirdo American maybe a weirdo American Maybe a weirdo Midwesterner. I don't know. Because that really feels like natural. That really comes, I can just like do it a lot. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, any hoot, any hoot, where was I? <laughs> now I've lost sight. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you, Hermione. I'm losing sight of what we're supposed to be doing. Okay. She was crying too. And she wiped her face on her torn and singed sleeve as she spoke. But she took great heaving breaths to calm herself. As still, keeping a tight hold on Ron, she turned to Harry. You need to find out where Voldemort is, because he'll have the snake with him, won't he? Do it, Harry. Look inside him. Why is why was it so easy? Because his scar had been burning for hours, yearning to show him Voldemort's thoughts? He closed his eyes on her command, and at once... The screams and the bangs and all the discordant sounds of the battle were drowned until they became distant, as though he stood far, far away from them. He was standing in the middle of a desolate but strangely familiar room with peeling paper on the walls and all the windows boarded except for one. The sounds of the assault on the castle were muffled and distant. The single unblocked window revealed distant bursts of light where the castle stood. But inside the room, it was dark except for a solitary oil lamp. He was rolling his wand between his fingers, watching it, his thoughts on the room in the castle, the secret room only he had ever found, the room, like the chamber, that you had to be clever and cunning and inquisitive to discover. He was so confident that the boy would not find the diadem, although Dumbledore's puppet had come much farther than he had ever expected. Too far. My lord, said a voice desperate and cracked. He turned. There was Lucius Malfoy, sitting in the darkest corner, ragged and still bearing the marks of the punishment he had received after the boy's last escape. One of his eyes remained closed and puffy. My lord, please, my son... If your son is dead, Lucius, it is not my fault. He did not come and join me like the rest of the Slytherins. Perhaps he has decided to befriend Harry Potter? No, never, whispered Malfoy. You must hope not. Aren't, aren't you afraid, my lord, that Potter might die at another hand but yours? Asked Malfoy, his voice shaking. Wouldn't it be, forgive me, more prudent to call off this battle, enter the castle, and seek him yourself? Do not pretend, Lucius. You wish the battle to cease so that you can discover what has happened to your son. And I do not think to seek Potter. And I do, yeah, I don't, what am I saying? <laughs> what am I saying? Okay, is it? And I do not need to seek Potter. Before the night is out, Potter will have to come and find me. Voldemort dropped his gaze once more to the wand in his fingers. It troubled him, and those things that troubled Lord Voldemort needed to be rearranged. Go and fetch Snape. 
Snape? My lord? Snape, now. I need him. There is service I require from him. Go. Frightened, stumbling a little through the gloom, Lucius left the room. You're on the room. Why? Voldemort continued to stand there, twirling the wand between his fingers, staring at it. It is the only way, Nagini, he whispered. And he looked around. Why isn't that written in parcel tongue? Like, why isn't it italicized? He's not talking to him in parcel tongue? You know, are you telling me that Voldemort is speaking to his snake in English? Does his snake understand English? Is this the whole point? Is that he's talking to himself? Okay, whatever. Anyway, weird. What am I saying? Oh, I heard the cat. Oh, he's on the bed behind me. Okay. I see where he is now. Anyway, okay, okay. It is the only way, Nagini, he whispered. And he looked around. And there was the great thick snake, now suspended in midair, twisting gracefully within the enchanted, protected space he had made for her. A starry, transparent sphere, somewhere between glittering cage and tank. With a gasp, Harry pulled back and opened his eyes. At the same moment, his ears were assaulted with the screeches and cries, the smashes and bangs of battle. He's in the shrieking shack. The snake's with him. It's got some sort of magical protection around it. He's just sent Lucius Malfoy to find Snape. Voldemort sitting in the shrieking shack? Said Hermione, outraged. He's not, he's not even fighting? He doesn't think he needs to fight, said Harry. He thinks I'm going to go to him. But why? He knows I'm after Horcruxes. He's keeping Nijini close beside him. Nijini. Sorry, I, sometimes I'd slur my, not slur him, but like just don't enunciate. He's keeping Nijini close beside him. Obviously, I'm going to have to go to him to get near the thing. Right, said Ron, squaring his shoulders. So you can't go. That's what he wants, what he's expecting. You stay here and look look after Hermione, and I'll go and get it. Harry cut across Ron. You two stay here. I'll go under the cloak, and I'll be back as soon as I... No, said Hermione. It makes much more sense if I take the cloak and... Don't even think about it, Ron snarled at her. Before Hermione could get farther than Ron, I'm just as capable... The, pa the tapestry at the top of the staircase on which they stood was ripped open. Potter! Two masked Death Eaters stood there, but even before their wands were fully raised, Hermione shouted, Glissio! Glissio, yow! Oh, their ass is Glissio! Glissio! The stairs beneath their feet flattened into a chute, and she, her, 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 she is Hermione. Why am I trying to say her name when I'm trying to say Harry? She, Harry, and Ron hurtled down it, unable to control their speed, but so fast that the Death Eater's stunning spells flew far over their heads. They shot through the concealing tape tape <laughs> tapestry at the bottom and spun onto the floor, hitting the opposite wall. Duro! cried Hermione, pointing her wand at the tapestry. But, oh, that's from the paint. And, uh, there were two loud, sickening crunches as the tapestry turned to stone, and the Death Eaters pursuing them crumpled against it. Get back, shouted Ron, and he, Harry, and Hermione flattened themselves against a door as a herd of galloping desks 
thundered past, shepherded by a sprinting Professor McGonagall. She appeared not to notice them. Her hair had come down, and there was a gash on her cheek. As she turned the corner, they heard her scream, Charge! Harry, you get the cloak on, said Hermione. Hermione? Hermione Granger. Did I tell you that Hermione's always my test users? All my screenshots is, Hermione, it's so exciting. (laughs) Yes. Never mind us. But he threw it over, he threw it over all three of them. Large, though they were. He doubted anyone would see their disembodied feet through the dust that clogged the air, the falling stone, the shimmer of spells. They ran down the next staircase and found themselves in, found themselves in a corridor full of duelers. The portraits on either side of the fighters were crammed with figures screaming advice and encouragement, while Death Eaters, both masked and unmasked, dueled students and teachers. Dean had won himself a wand. For he was face to face with Dolohov, Parvati with Travers, Harry, Ron, and Her- <laughs> Harry, Ron, and Hermione raised their wands at once, ready to strike. But the duelers were weaving and darting around so much that there was a strong likelihood of hurting one of their own side if they cast curses. Even as they stood braced, looking for the opportunity to act, there came a great wee. And looking up, Harry saw Peeves zooming over them, dropping Snargluff pods down onto the Death Eaters, whose heads were suddenly engulfed in wriggling green tubers like fat worms. Ah! A fistful of tubers had hit the cloak over Ron's head. The slimy green roots were suspended improbably in midair as Ron tried to shake them loose. "'Someone's invisible there!' shouted a masked Death Eater, pointing." Dean made the most of the Death Eater's momentary distraction, knocking him out with a stunning spell. Dolohov attempted to retaliate, and Parvati shot a body bun curse at him. Let's go, Harry yelled. And he, Ron, and Hermione gathered the cloak. Wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. So it looks, it's got to look crazy in the rain, too, right? I don't understand. I don't understand. Maybe it's come up before. I don't know. Anyway... Let's go, Harry yelled, and he, Ron, and Hermione gathered the cloak tightly around themselves and pelted heads down through the midst of the fighters, slipping a little in pools of snargluff juice toward the top of the marble staircase into the entrance hall. I'm Draco Malfoy! I'm Draco! I'm on your side! Draco was on the upper landing, pleading with another masked Death Eater. Harry stunned the Death Eater as they passed. Malfoy looked around, beaming for his savior and Ron punched him from under the cloak. Malfoy fell backward on top of the Death Eater, his mouth bleeding, utterly bemused. And that's the second time we've saved your life tonight, you two-faced bastard! Ron yelled. Yeah, you are a two-faced bastard! Anyway. There, well, maybe, he's a two-faced bastard, but maybe, I don't know. Whatever, anyway, anyway. There were more duelers all over the stairs and in the hall, Death Eaters everywhere, Harry looked. Yaxley, close to the front doors, in combat with Flitwick. A masked Death Eater, dueling Kingsley right beside them. Students ran in every direction, some carrying or dragging injured friends. Harry directed a stunning spell toward the masked Death Eater. It missed, but nearly hit Neville, who had emerged from nowhere, brandishing armfuls of venomous tentacula, which looped itself happily around the nearest Death Eater and began reeling him in. 
Harry, Ron, and Hermione sped down the marble. I feel like my face makes weird noise when I'm talking sometimes. I don't know if you can hear it or if it's just like a weird pressure thing in my face. I don't know. Anyway, it's weird. Harry, Ron, and Hermione sped down the marble staircase. Glass shattered to their left, and the Slytherin hourglass that had recorded house points slipped its emeralds everywhere so that people spilled. What am I saying? I spilled its emeralds everywhere so that people slipped and staggered as they ran. Two bodies fell from the balcony overhead as they reached the ground, and a gray blur that Harry took for an animal sped four-legged across the hall to sink its teeth into one of the fallen. No! shrieked Hermione, and with a deafening blast from her wand, Fenrir Greyback was thrown backward from the feebly stirring body of Lavender Brown. He hit the marble banisters and struggled to return to his feet. Then, with a bright white flash and a crack, a crystal ball fell on top of his head, and he crumpled to the ground and did not move. I have more, shrieked Professor Trelawney from over the banisters. More for any who want them! Here! And with a movement, like a tennis serve, she heaved another enormous crystal sphere from her bag. Big, her big, her bag. I don't know how to say this stupid word. <laughs> Weaved her wand through the air and caused the ball to speed across the hall and smash through a window. At the same moment, the heavy wooden front doors burst open and more of the gigantic spiders forced their way into the entrance hall. Screams of terror rent the air. The fighters scattered, Death Eaters and Hogwartians alike, and red and green jets of light flew into the midst of the oncoming monsters, which shuddered and reared, more terrifying than ever. How do we get out? yelled Ron over the, all the scrub, over all the screaming. But before either Harry or Hermione could answer, they were bold aside. Hagrid had come thundering down the stairs, brandishing his flowery pink umbrella. Don't hurt him! Don't hurt him! he yelled. Hagrid, no! Harry forgot everything else. He sprinted out from under the cloak, running bent double to avoid the curses illuminating, illuminating the whole hall. Hagrid, come back! But he was not even halfway to Hagrid when he saw it happen. Hagrid vanished amongst the spiders, and with a great scurrying, a foul, swarming movement, they retreated under the onslaught of spells. Hagrid buried in their midst. Hagrid! Harry heard someone calling his own name. Whether friend or foe, he did not care. He was sprinting down the front steps into the dark grounds, and the spiders were swarming away with their prey, and he could see nothing of Hagrid at all. Hagrid! He thought he could make out an enormous arm waving from the midst of the spider swarm, but as he made the chase after them, his way was impeded by a monumental foot, which swung down out of the darkness and made the ground on which he stood shudder. He looked up. A giant stood before him, twenty feet high, its head hidden in shadow, nothing but its tree-like hairy shins illuminated by light from the castle doors. With one brutal fluid movement, it smashed a massive fist through an upper window and glass rained down upon Harry, forcing him back under the shelter of the doorway. Oh my! shrieked Hermione. Oh my! How would, I don't know how to scream oh my because I would never scream oh my. Oh my! Unless it's like oh, I'm going to say oh my something. 
something. It's my something. Oh my! Shrieked Hermione. As she and Ron caught up with Harry and gazed upward at the giant now trying to seize people through the window above. Don't! Ron yelled, grabbing Hermione's hand as she raised her wand. Stun him and he'll crush half the castle! Hagger? Grop came lurching around the corner of the hassle. Only now did Harry realize that Grop was indeed an undersized giant. The gargantuan monster trying to crush people on the upper floors looked around and let out a roar. The stone steps trembled as he stomped toward his smaller kin, and Grop's lopsided mouth fell open, showing yellow, half-brick-sized teeth. And then they launched themselves at each other with the savagery of lions. Run! Harry roared. The night was full of hideous yells and blows as the giants wrestled, and he seized Hermione's hand and tore down the steps into the grounds, Ron bringing up the rear. Harry had not lost hope of finding and saving Hagrid. He ran so fast that they, that they were halfway toward the forest before they were brought up short again. Brought up short again. The air around them had frozen. Harry's breath caught and solidified in his chest. Oh, oh, yo, I hate it when that happens, when it's so cold. Oh, when it feels like it's, yes, it freezes you from the inside out. Yo, I hate it when that happens. And you know what? I know that I even even breathe that cold of air. That's the thing. I know there's way colder air for me to breathe. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Harry's breath caught and solidified in his chest. Shapes moved out in the darkness. Swirling figures of concentrated blackness. Moving in a great... Moving in a great wave toward the castle. Their faces hooded and their breath rattling. Ron and Hermione closed in beside him as the sounds of fighting behind them grew suddenly muted, deadened, because the silence only Dementors could bring was falling thickly through the night, and Fred was gone, and Hagrid was surely dying or already dead. Come on, Harry, said Hermione's voice from a very long way away. Patronus is Harry, come on! He raised his wand, but a dull hopelessness was spreading through him. How many more lay dead that he did not yet know about? He felt as though his soul had already half left his body. Harry, come on! <laughs> Screamed Hermione! Harry, come on! <laughs> A hundred Dementors were advancing, gliding toward them, sucking their way closer to Harry's despair, which was like a promise of a feast. He saw Ron's silver terrier silver <laughs> terrier. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why that cracked me up. He saw Ron's silver terrier burst into the air, flicker feebly, and expire. He saw Hermione's otter twist in midair and fade, and his own wand trembled in his hand, and he almost welcomed the oncoming oblivion, the promise of nothing, of no feeling. And then a silver hare, a boar, and a fox soared past Harry, Ron, and Hermione's heads. The Dementors fell back before the creature's approach. Three more people had arrived out of the darkness to stand beside them. Their wands outstretched, continued to cast their continuing to cast their patron patronuses. Luna, Ernie, and Seamus. Oh, I'm getting chills. I love, I love the teamwork, but I also hate all the bad things that are happening. 
that's right, said Luna encouragingly, as if they were back in the room of requirement and this was simply spell practice for the DA. That's right, Harry. Come on. Think of something happy. Something happy, he said. His voice cracked. We're all still here, she whispered. We're still fighting. Come on now. Oh my God, I'm crying actually now. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was a silver spark, then a wavering light, and then, with the greatest effort it had ever cost him, the stag burst from the end of Harry's wand. It cantered forward, and now the Dementors scattered in earnest. And immediately the night was mild again, but the sounds of the surrounding battle were loud in his ears. Can't thank you enough, said Ron shakily, turning to Luna, Ernie, and Seamus. You just saved. With a roar and an earthquaking tremor, another giant came lurching out of the darkness from the direction of the forest, brandishing a club taller than any of them. Run! Harry shouted again, but the others needed no telling. They all scattered, and not a second too soon, for next moment the creatures... The creature's vast foot had fallen exactly where they had been standing. Harry looked round. Ron and Hermione were following him. But the other... What is that noise? <laughs> but the other... Sorry, I can hear things in the microphone. Ron and Hermione were following him. But the other three had vanished back into the battle. Let's get out of range, yelled Ron, as the giant swung its club again, and its bellows echoed through the night, through the grounds where bursts of red and green light continued to illuminate the darkness. The Whomping Willow, said Harry. Go! Somehow, he walled it all up in his mind, crammed it into a small space into which he could not look now. Thoughts of Fred and Hagrid, and his terror for all the people he loved, scattered in the outside in and outside the castle must all wait because they had to run had to reach the snake and voldemort because that was as hermione said the only way to end it he sprinted half believing he could outdistance death itself ignoring the jets of light flying in the darkness all around him and the sound of the lake crashing like the sea and the creaking of the forbidden forest through the night with wind creaking of the forbidden forest through the night was windless through the grounds that seemed themselves to have risen in rebellion he ran faster than he had ever moved in his life and it was he who saw the great tree first the willow that protected the secret at its roots at the roots 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 i don't know whatever you want to say with whip like whip whip it Ooh, that was spicy Spicy in my ear. Hope it's not spicy in your ear. <laughs> Slashing branches. Panting and gasping, Harry slowed down, skirting the willows, swiping branches, peering through the darkness toward its thick trunk, trying to see the single knot in the bark of the old tree that would paralyze it. Ron and Hermione caught up. Hermione, so out of breath, she could not speak. Hashtag me too. How? How are we going to get in? Panted Ron. I can see the place if we just had crookshanks again Crook <coughs> Ooh, sorry <laughs> holy crap i'm trying to wheeze here and i'm just <laughs> Ooh, crookshanks wheezed hermione bent double clutching her chest are you a wizard or what oh there's like something i can hear a noise i'm sorry oh right yeah 
Ron looked around, then directed his wand at a twig in, on the ground and said, Wingardium Leviosa! The twig flew up from the ground, spun through the air as if caught by a gust of wind, then zoomed directly at the trunk through the willow's ominously swaying branches. It jabbed at a place near the roots, and at once the writhing tree became still. Perfect, panted Hermione. Wait. For one teetering second, while the crashes and booms of the battle filled the air, Harry hesitated. Voldemort wanted him to do this, wanted him to come. Was he leading Ron and Hermione into a trap? But then, the reality seemed to close upon him, cruel and plain. The only way forward was to kill the snake, and the snake was where Voldemort was, and Voldemort was at the end of this tunnel. Okay, there's got to be something going on outside. So I'm sorry if you can hear that alarm or whatever that is. Harry, we're coming! Just get in there, said Ron, pushing him forward. Harry wriggled into the earthy passage, hidden in the tree's roots. It was a much tighter squeeze than it had been the last time they had er 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 entered it. The tunnel was low-ceilinged. They had had to double up to move through it nearly four years previously. Now there... Wait, what? Whatever. Now there was nothing for, for it but to crawl. Harry went first. Oh, I know. Okay, I see. <laughs> I'm dumb. To bend over. Okay, that's I, I get it now. Okay. Harry went first, his wand illuminated, expecting at any moment to meet barriers, but none came. They moved in silence. Harry's gaze fixed upon the swinging beam of the wand held in his fist. At last, the tunnel began to slope upward, and Harry saw a silver, a silver, a sliver of light ahead. Hermione tugged at his ankle. The cloak, she whispered. Put the cloak on. He groped behind him, and she forced the bundle of slippery cloth. Is it like self-cleaning? I don't understand. Is the invisibility cloak a, like a vagina? <laughs> Whatever. It could be. I don't know. The slippery cloth into his free hand. If it's slippery, maybe. With difficulty, he dragged it over himself, murmured, Nox extinguishing his wand light and continued on his knee ha his hands and knees as silently as possible all his senses straining expecting every second to be discovered to hear a cold clear voice see a flash of green light and then he heard voices coming from the room directly ahead of them only slightly muffled by the fact that the opening at the end of the tunnel had been blocked up but what, but by, by what looked like an old crate Hardly daring to breathe, Harry edged right up to the opening and peered through a tiny gap left between crate and wall. The room beyond was dimly lit, but he could see Nagini swirling and coiling like a serpent underwater, safe in her enchanted starry sphere, which floated unsupported in midair. He could see the edge of a table and a long-fingered white hand toying with a wand. Then Snape spoke, and Harry's heart lurched. Snape was inches away from where he crouched, hidden. My lord, their resistance is crumbling. And it is doing so without your help, said Voldemort in his high, clear voice. I still don't know how to do the high, clear voice. I'm so sorry. Skilled wizard though you are, Severus, I do not think you will make much difference now. We are almost there. Almost. 
Let me find the boy. Let me bring you Potter. I know I can find him, my lord. Please. Snape strode past the gap, and Harry drew back a little, keeping his eyes fixed upon Nagini, wondering whether there was any spell that might penetrate the protection surrounding her. But he could not think of anything. One failed attempt, and he would give away his position. Voldemort stood up. Harry could see him now, see the red eyes, the flattened, serpentine face, the pallor of him gleaming slightly in the semi-darkness. "'I have a problem, Severus,' said Voldemort softly. "'My lord?' said Snape. Voldemort raised the elder wand, holding it as delicately and precisely as a conductor's baton. "'Why doesn't it work for me, Severus?' In the silence, Harry imagined he could hear the snake hissing slightly as it coiled and uncoiled. Or was it Voldemort's sibilant sigh lingering... Sibilant? I don't know. Sigh lingering on the air. M my my lord? said Snape blankly. I do not understand. You, you have performed extraordinary magic with that wand. No, said Voldemort. I have performed my usual magic. I am extraordinary, but this wand, no. It has not revealed the wonders it has promised. I feel no difference between this wand and the one I procured from Ollivander all those years ago. Voldemort's tone was musing. Oh, it was supposed to be musing. I'm sorry. I don't know. Calm. But Harry's scar had begun to throb and pulse. Pain was... I hear a little boof. Yes? What do you want? Oh, you want to come back up here? Okay, sure. Whatever. Okay. Come on, jump up. Yeah, come up here. Oh, my God. I have to pick him up. He's such a baby. Oh, oh, there goes the microphone. Okay, fun. Very fun. No. Okay, please lay down. This is not what I need from you. Okay. All right, where was we? Where was we? I do not know. I am lost. Blah, blah, blah. Is a problem. It doesn't work for him. He feels no different, Scooty. Bug off, bug off, bug off. Voldemort's tone was amusing, calm, but Harry's, yeah, yeah, okay, is that that? Pain was building in his forehead, and he could feel that controlled sense of fury building inside Voldemort. No difference, said Voldemort again. Snape did not speak. Harry could not see his face. He wondered whether Snape sensed danger, was trying to find the right words to reassure his master. Voldemort started to move around the room. Harry lost sight of him for seconds as he prowled, speaking in that same measured voice. Scooty, I can't pet you while I'm reading. I mean, I can, but get your head out of there. <laughs> He's like putting his head in front of the book. I can't see. Okay. Speaking in the same measured voice while the pain and fury mounted in Harry. I have thought long and hard, Severus. Do you know why I have called you back from the battle? And for a moment, Harry saw Snape's profile. His eyes were fixed upon the coiling snake in its enchanted cage. No, my lord, but I beg you will let me return. Let me find Potter. You sound like Lucius. Neither of you understands Potter as I do. He does not need finding. Potter will come to me. 
I know his weakness, you see, his one great flaw. He will hate watching the others struck down around him, knowing that it is for him that it happens. He will want to stop it at any cost. He will come. But, my lord, he might be killed accidentally by one another, I'm sorry, one other than yourself. My instructions to my Death Eaters have been perfectly clear. Capture Potter, kill his friends, the more the better, but do not kill him. But it is of you that I wish to speak, Severus, not Harry Potter. You have been very valuable to me, very valuable. My lord knows I seek only to serve him, but let me go and find the boy, my lord. Let me bring him to you. I know I can. Have I told you no? Oh, I have told you no, said Voldemort. And Harry caught the glint of red in his eyes as he turned again, and the swishing of his cloak was like the slithering of a snake. And he felt Voldemort's impatience in his burning scar. My concern at the moment, Severus, is what will happen when I finally meet the boy. My lord, there can be no question, surely... But there is a question, Severus. There is. Voldemort halted. And Harry could see him plainly again as he slid the elder wand through his white fingers, staring at Snape. Why did both the wands I have used fail when directed at Harry Potter? I, I cannot answer that, my lord. Can't you? The stab of rage felt like a spike driven through Harry's head. He forced his own fist into his mouth to stop himself from crying out in pain. He closed his eyes and suddenly he was Voldemort, looking into Snape's pale face. My wand of you did everything of which I asked it, Severus, except to kill Harry Potter. Twice it failed. Ollivander told me under torture of the twin cor- What? Ollivander told me under torture of the twin cores told me to take another's wand. I did so, but Lucius's wand shattered upon meeting Potter's. I, I have no explanation, my lord. Snape was not looking at Voldemort now. His dark eyes were still fixed upon the coiling serpent in its protective sphere. I sought a third wand, Severus. The elder wand, the wand of destiny, the death stick. I took it from its previous master. I took it from the grave of Albus Dumbledore. And now Snape looked at Voldemort, and Snape's face was like a death mask. It was marble white and so still that when he spoke, it was a shock to see that anyone lived behind the blank eyes. My lord, let me go to the boy. All this long night, when I am on the brink of victory, I have sat here. <clears throat> Excuse me, said Voldemort. His voice barely loud. Ooh, his voice barely louder than a whisper. Well, no way, my dude. All this long night, when I am on the brink of victory, I have sat here, wondering, wondering, why the Elder Wand refuses to be what it ought to be, refuses to perform its as legend says it must perform for its rightful owner. And I think I have the answer. Snape did not speak. Perhaps you already know it. You are a clever man, after all, Severus. You have been a good and faithful servant. 
and I regret what must happen. My lord, the elder wand cannot serve me properly, Severus, because I am not its true master. The elder wand belongs to the wizard who killed its last owner. You killed Albus Dumbledore. While you live, Severus, the elder wand cannot be truly mine. My lord, Snape protested, raising his wand. It cannot be any other way, said Voldemort. I must master the wand, Severus. Master the wand, and I master Potter at last. And Voldemort swiped the air with the elder wand. It did nothing to Snape, who for a split second seemed to think he had been reprieved. But then Voldemort's intention became clear. The snake's cage was rolling through the air, and before Snape could do anything more than yell, it had encased him, head and shoulders, and Voldemort spoke in parcel tongue. Skills. There was a terrible scream. Harry saw Snape's face losing the little color it had left. It whitened as his black eyes widened, as the snake's fangs pierced his neck, as he failed to push the enchanted cage off himself, as his knees gave way and he fell to the floor. I regret it, said Voldemort coldly. He turned away. There was no sadness in him, no remorse. It was time to leave this shack and take charge, with a wand that would now do his full bidding. He pointed it at the starry cage holding the snake, which drifted upward, off Snape, who fell sideways onto the floor, blood gushing from the wounds in his neck. Voldemort swept from the room without a backward glance, and the great serpent floated after him in its huge protective sphere. Back in the tunnel and his own mind, Harry opened his eyes. He had drawn blood biting down on his knuckles in the effort not to shout out. Now he was looking through the tiny crack between crate and wall, watching a foot in a black boot trembling on the floor. Harry, breathed Hermione behind him, but he had already pointed his wand at the crate blocking his view. It lifted an inch into the air and drifted sideways silently. As quietly as he could, Scooty, oh, Scooty, what are you doing? Stop it. Oh boy, he's like pressing buttons on the computer, which is recording me. Hello, Scooty, stop it. I can't have the whole task, sheesh. Oh my gosh. Okay, he always like reach his foot out and like literally just like skim all the buttons. Like, come on. Why why are you gonna play like that? You're so selfish. Now he's getting up. What are you doing? What you doing? Okay, where was I? Blah blah blah. Harry, do 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 beep beep boo He lifted it an inch into the air and drifted sideways silently. As quietly scooting, what you doing? As quietly as he could, he pulled himself up into the room. I don't know if you can hear him purring or not, but he's breathing. He's just breathing a normal breathe. <laughs> he, But he usually breathes like that when he's looking for trouble. Anyway. He did not know why he was doing it, why he was approaching the dying man. He did not know what he felt as he saw Snape's white face and the fingers trying to staunch the bloody wound at his neck. Harry took off the invisibility cloak and looked down upon the man he hated, whose widening black eyes found Harry as he tried to speak. Harry bent over him, and Snape seized the front of his robes and pulled him close. A terrible, rasping, gurgling noise issued from Snape's throat. Take it 
take it. Something more than blood was leaking from Snape. Silvery blue, neither gas nor liquid. It gushed from his mouth and his ears and his eyes, and Harry knew what it was, but did not know what to do. A flask, conjured from thin air, was thrust into his shaking hands by Hermione. Harry lifted the silvery substance into it with his wand. When the flask was full to the brim, and Snape looked as though there was no blood left in him, his grip on Harry's robe slackened. Look at me, he whispered. The green eyes found the black, but after a second, something in the depths of the dark pear seemed to vanish, leaving them fixed, blank, and empty. The hand holding Harry thudded to the floor, and Snape moved no more. Dun, dun, dun. Yo. Ah. I just smacked myself in the head. Whoops. Yo, yo, yo. That was another hot one. Jeesh. These chappies are just getting intense. But, uh, see you next time.